From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. It is one last time that we are going to say that Mm. for a while, for a while. We don't know what's going to happen, but we are a podcast that focuses on culture and missions and healthy church, and I need to introduce several people here. First of all, did I say I'm Scott Armstrong? I still am. And (laughs) from Barbados, Dario Richards. Hi. From right here next to me to the left, Emily Armstrong. Hey, everyone. And from right here in the Dominican Republic (laughs) and to my right, Natalie Franco. Hello. And since it's the last time, yes, that was good. I should have let you, I stepped on that. Oh, I'm sorry. That was good. And, and since it's the last time, I don't even know if he has a microphone, but we want to say thanks to Esteban Juan, who has been helping us. You can hear him in the background. (laughs) His cheering, his voice. He has done an awesome, awesome job. Thank you, Esteban. Thank you, Nata. Thank you, the whole uh, crew of communications that has been doing a great job. Okay, before we enter into our last hurrah, and I may even call it that. I may even call it like the, the, this. I don't even know what this episode is going to be called, but it is the final time. And I need to give this announcement officially. Right. So the podcast, as we all know it, as we all know it, as we all know it, is ending. And I'm saying that because we are definitely coming back with something else, but we it may not have the same name. It may have the same name. But we're definitely going to have like a transition. Uh, We're going to start focusing on seasons. So we'll have eight to 10 episodes in each season that will allow us to record, hopefully all depending on the investment that we can make um, financially, all being in the studio. That will be awesome. Right, Dario? I mean, I know you're excited about that. Yeah. In the studio is so much better. It's like, it just, the (laughs) conversation flows better. Oh my goodness. So, but we're going to have episodes focused on certain key topics, right? I can tell you one of the episodes, and it may be our, our very next one, will be something regarding urban mission, right? Um, so seasons. You mean one or, of I'm sorry, one season, of the seasons. Right? Thank you for, for clarifying that. We may have uh, somewhat of a new cast, so not all of us may be returning. Some of us may be. We're still deciding some of that and getting some orientation from others that study communications and kind of can help us with that. And then there's going to be a hiatus, right? So this is coming out, and you guys are listening to this in August. But, you know, there's going to be several months that you probably will not hear from us. And then on this feed, even if we're on another feed or whatever, we will put the first episode of the new season. And uh, even if it's a different name, whatever. Ever. After several months, you'll hear an announcement from us and you'll, and you'll hear uh, at least that first episode and how to continue listening to us. This has been six straight years, guys. Come on. Six straight years every other week. I think we've only repeated one single episode. I think we did that around Christmas one of the years. We've been giving you good quality content, all you people. I mean, thank you. It sounds like I'm mad. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. <laughs> Settle down, Scott. <laughs> I'm just... I'm just saying that's that this is a lot large part of our lives, man. And uh, and it's been a privilege and it's been awesome. Why are we doing this change? To reach more people, to to be able to to really uh, refocus and and reach more of our local churches and 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 youth, of course.
course, uh, other leaders as well in our region and beyond. And uh, we also are doing this so that we can dive into key topics more thoroughly. Man, we've just, we have an episode way at the start that was on urban mission. That wasn't enough. I mean, we need, we need to really focus on that. We're going to focus on certain things that deal with culture or missions or whatever, and really be able to get in depth on that. And I'm excited about that. And we're going to experiment with the format a little bit. So we don't know what that'll look like, but those are, those are some of the, the, the reasons. Before I keep go on and we're going to kind of have a celebration and talk about different things, your thoughts, what are you guys thinking about this announcement? I mean, as we go into this uh, new chapter, what are you kind of feeling? I think it's a great opportunity to try and do something different and new. And uh, as we started to kind of think about what we might want to do in the future, we it forced us to look back on the past and realize that we kind of jumped on the podcasting bandwagon before anybody else was really on it. And so we've learned a lot. At least but, in our church. Yeah, yeah, in our church. But I mean, even in general, there's a bazillion podcasts now. And when we started this six years ago, there weren't near as many podcasts that you could find in the in the platforms and um, we haven't changed anything. And so I think for me, I'm kind of a person that likes change. And um, even as I listen to podcasts, I can hear that a lot of people have embraced like the seasonality and it allows them to rest a little bit. It allows them to do a deeper dive into topics. And and I like listening to podcasts that way. So um, I'm excited about, about what the future is going to hold so that we can kind of jump into things in a different way. So I'm excited. Cool. Well, I have asked Natalie if okay. you would tell us. Okay. You have done a little research. I know. We started this in, I think, I think April or May 2017. Mm -hmm. And so in the last six years, what has changed? Can you tell us like the world used to be this way and now it is this way? And, and what, what have you found? Okay. I was searching a little bit what was happening in 2017 and <laughs> I found... Lots of bad news, but <laughs> no. I will point out like the, well, interesting one, like the one that I think were like really impactful. Um, so the first one, and <laughs> I'm laughing because um, Donald Trump became president. Oh. Uh, Donald Trump was elected president in 2017. Yes. Oh, wait. The world changed. Was that true? Oh, he became, that's yeah, true. He was elected yeah. in 16. Elected in 16. Wow. Yeah, and everybody felt bad, even yeah. in my even <laughs> We here. need to move on from that one real yes. quick. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> so another important, I will say important, I don't know if it's the way to say that, <laughs> but the video of Luis Fonsi and Daddy Yankee Despacito was uploaded in YouTube. Despacito. Um, <laughs> and I, I've heard lots of um, pastors preaching and using the yes. word like, uh, yes, like they don't even know. Yeah. <laughs> Slow down. Like, de despacito, hermanos. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, even it put us on the map, yes. Natalie. Yes, it it yes. put us on the map. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one, you were gonna, you're not gonna like it, Scott, because on October, Panama qualified for the very first time in the Russia, Russia World Cup. Now, Ooh. why would you say, now I do like that because I liked that Panama qualified, but do you know wh why they qualified? Why? The U.S. did not qualify. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, now you don't like it. <laughs> now, 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 Dario is laughing right now because he knows that was against uh, Trinidad and Tobago, and uh, it's just, it's just not good. This is, but, but we're happy for Panama. That okay, was awesome. okay. <laughs> well, another one was a difficult debate began after the president of Ireland affirmed that he didn't want any store to sell Hawaiian pizza. 
Hawaiian pizza yes. in, in Iceland or in Ireland? Iceland. In, Iceland. In Iceland. No Hawaiian pizza in Iceland. Although, I, can they get good pineapple I, in uh, in Iceland? I almost feel like Iceland <laughs> should have a stance right? like that. I, I kind of feel like it's an okay law in Iceland because they're probably not eating good pineapple anyway. He's probably like, terrible pineapple. Why would we put it on pizza? Yes. I, I mean, agree. I don't like I it. Agree so I that. agree. Yes, yeah, I agree. 2017 was a good year for Iceland. <laughs> and in, also, uh, in September of, two th- of 2017, the iPhone on eight and eight, eight. plus. <laughs> was Salem, do you still have yeah, an iPhone eight? No, I don't. No, he doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't. And also Samsung Galaxy S eight. Oh, okay. yes. state of the art at that time. State of the art. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Uh huh, uh huh. And also <laughs> in May, WhatsApp was down for three hours. I remember that. Oh, WhatsApp yes. was down. That's true. Now, mm-hmm. some people are listening, and if you're, especially from the States, you may not know what WhatsApp is. It's like our lives. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. For in the Caribbean and around the world, a lot of Latin America as well, it's it's the chat app. Yeah. And it was like lots of memes in social media because of that. So yes. Yeah. Which was- could not be shared during that moment on, <laughs> on WhatsApp. Of course. Yeah. But on Twitter, it could. Yeah. Twitter exactly. saved WhatsApp that day. Yeah. Well, actually, talking about Twitter, it was the year where Twitter finally confirmed that they were uh, changing the character limit. And now instead of 140 characters, like mm-hmm. uh-huh, they will have 280. 280 uh, characters. Yeah, they double it. They double it. Vitriol. That yes. was an important day in my life. Yes, for this podcast. <laughs> for, for wordy preacher types. Oh, okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. We were able to express ourselves a little more. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, 2017 was a good year. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so let's go around the table, and I'll start with you, Dario. What has changed for you personally and in ministry in the last six years? Um, so in the last six years, there, there definitely were some major changes. Uh, personally, in 2017, I had zero children. <laughs> I had zero children. <laughs> really important to say. <laughs> now I have three. That's um, And then also in ministry, I believe um, Scott, I think he would have been here in 2017 when I started pastoring at Hope Road. Yes. Uh, you were there for the installation. I know six years later, I'm no longer functioning in a senior pastor role, um, more focused on a, a more missional type of role. So, so big changes as it relates to family and also uh, what ministry currently looks like for me. So, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. That's true. My goodness. Three kids in, in <laughs> six years. Yeah. Good luck to, to, to you and Linda. Uh, Natalie, what has changed What has changed for you in the last six years? A lot. Ooh, a lot. I remember in 2017, I was serving a lot in my local church and even in the district. I was serving as a um, secretary for the NYI the, in the district level. But I didn't have any idea that God was about to call me into mission. So here I am. Um, yeah, and this is something that has been changing. Um, now I am I am serving as a missionary for the Church of the Nazarene. Ah, yes, in in Dominican Republic, and I'm looking forward for it, like where God is going to take me. In the last three years, people, I think, that have listened to this podcast have journeyed that with you. I yeah. mean, I, I remember certain episodes where you were like, 
I'm just having trouble filling out the form. Yeah, like it's just I so know. confusing and mm-hmm. all of these things. And, and you now are a missionary. And I that's know. Cool. That's cool. Well, Emily, I mean, what about our lives? My goodness, a few things have changed, I think. Yeah, when I looked back into our calendar from 2017, I saw it was filled with all sorts of football practices or soccer practices. Um, Our life just revolved around Elijah and what he was doing. Our life revolved around our daughter, Sydney, and what she was doing. And literally this year, we are kicking Sydney out of the house to go to university. And we did that with Elijah last year. So um, in the past six years, our lives have gone from being the parents that are taxing their kids to everywhere to becoming the parents that are allowing their children to become adults. That's been an interesting parenting journey and really exciting, actually. And um, I also was looking in 2017 as when we truly started to break ground and start having some ideas and real financing around the center of missionary formation here in Santo Domingo. And we started some remodel on some of the buildings that we're currently using. Um, so that was interesting to look back and see what God's done over these past few years and how he's brought everything to fruition. And even though we felt like it took a long time to get here, um, really thinking that, man, we started this podcast the same time. Like feel, I feel like we've been podcasting for just a little bit of time, you know? And yeah. so, Um, even things in ministry, it's been interesting to see how we had dreams of things in ministry that are now realities. And it just took a couple years. So it was fun to kind of journey back through calendars. That's good. Well, I was going to ask, you know, what have we learned about God and ourselves, like because of being a part of this podcast, but maybe we can share some of that in the next portion uh, of the podcast, because I want to do what we've done about every five episodes anyway, uh, for the last 40 or 50 episodes. And it's just giving a platform for us to share stories, uh, funny stories, impactful stories, but also maybe what we've been thinking, what God's been doing in our lives. And so uh, I don't know where this is going to go exactly. Uh, There could be some funny stories and really poignant stories or whatever, but I'm going to start with Natalie. If you would just kind of tell us what you've been thinking about and what God's been teaching you. And, and um, I don't know, maybe that's wrapped up with also being, being a part of this podcast too. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, like these days, I've been thinking a lot about my role as a servant of God. I've been like getting deeper in my Bible studies, and I'm just like really intrigued. I was really intrigued in getting to know God and His character even even more. Because what I've experienced these all these years, um, especially since I got the calling, it's a God who is faithful, a God who is a loving God who is with me all the time. Like I've been experiencing this, this God who is, who has this grace and who it's always like with me, like this part, we all know about him. And since I've been reading also, I was able to see the other, like the other part of his character. I've been able to see like his justice also like, yeah, and, and I realize he's not only a just God, but he is also strong and, you know, all, all, all his character. I'm getting to know him better. And the more I get to know about him, the more I I want, I, I understand my role in front of him. Um, and so um, I, I, I was just even to see. I was able, to, so I was able to see how great he is, how huge, and his uh, greatness, his sovereignty, and I was feeling, 
like I'm tiny, but I was feeling really, 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 really small in front of who he is, like in general. And and that makes me realize, like, I need to understand more about my role as a servant. Um, and it, it, even to be more in love of being his servant, his worthless servant. So I've been uh, trying to in understand what I have to do so I can, like, my position in front of him. And um, I was thinking a lot about how I need to grow in, in teaching, how I need to be a better servant and, and be a, a woman full of good works and, and to be hospitable and even to love and help the afflicted ones and and be a person who bear witness, um, a person who collaborates in the work of the church, a person who uh, do evangelism like with intentionality because that's my role Um And, and this is what he has been calling me to do, uh, and even intercede innerly in in prayer. So it sounds like God is really, I mean, showing Himself. You're you're almost like a, a diamond. You're seeing different facets of Him in the in in these last few months or years, and then that is uh, challenging you to serve Him more, to 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 grow even more. Yeah. No. Yeah. Definitely this and. It is just, I think I finally understood what worthless servant means. <laughs> like we've been the talking very about. last episode. Yeah, the very last. <laughs> and actually, this is, uh, I, I joined this podcast in episode 55, wow. and this is 155, so this is my 100 mm -hmm. episode mm -hmm. with, I don't know how you were able to handle. Interesting. <laughs> handle me. <laughs> But like, I finally understand my position and and my attitude even in front of him and and I'm praise the Lord and I'm more in, even more in love of being a servant. Good. Mm, good, awesome. good, good. Yeah, for the here we are in the last episode. For those who don't know, we call ourselves the worthless servants because in Luke chapter 17, uh, there is a parable that Jesus describes and he says, you know, even after we have served, there's no reason that we should say, well, now what do I deserve? Now shouldn't I be able to sit at the table with my master? Should I We have no rights. We we have just served and it's a pleasure to do so. And so that's really cool. Thank you. Thank you for for kind of sharing how even this podcast and, and the name of the podcast has made an impact, I guess. Dario, I'd love to hear from you. Do you have a story or something that you've been thinking about recently? Yeah, I think both my, I can wrap my story as something that I've been thinking about into, into one. Um, so what I have been thinking about the most recently is I have uh, it's a chronic illness. It's called sickle cells. Hmm. Um, and what that is, it's primarily uh, like a blood disease, which is um, it. So everybody, most people have healthy oval-shaped red blood cells. Um, but what happens in my blood cells is that sometimes my red blood cells become sticky and they shape like a like a banana or like a sickle, you know, the, the tool, the sickle that you cut grass with. Hmm. Hence why it's called sickle cells. And uh, what that does, it would stop or block the my blood flow into some joints and by extension stop um, the flow of oxygen around my body, uh, which would then lead to different crises and complications. 
so there's currently no cure for it. Uh, I had it. Uh, I inherited it from my parents, so I had it from birth. Um, and just a few weeks ago, um, I was I got sick. I got what we what we call a sickle cell crisis, and it was the longest crisis that I've had since say um, was an adult. When I was younger, I used to have them more frequent, but since I was an adult, they are less frequent. Um, but probably probably be a bit more intense. And I have been thinking a lot about navigating uh, chronic illness like sickle cells, which primarily manifests itself in uh, painful crises, joint crises. And then there are other complications that can come along with it, you know, like fatigue, uh, sometimes some organ issues, <clears throat> some joint issues. So I've been thinking a lot about continuing to wrestle with this while also um, trying to live a purpose-driven life, doing what I believe God has called me to do, functioning on a mission field. And one of the reasons why, why it, it is on my mind is because there are many things that are required in mission and serving on a mission field that can sometimes trigger sickle cell crises. For example, a simple example is uh, traveling, one of the triggers for um, sickle cells is losing oxygen, hmm. and one of the one of the easiest ways for oxygen to be reduced is by frequent travel or flying for long hours. And then you know the other things like if I get too cool, if I um, take on too much stress, if I uh, exercise too hard, different things that can trigger it. And it has really got me thinking you now as, you know, as a father with three kids, also fully knowing and believing that God has called me to function in this space. How do I manage and navigate the two, the two of those things? Um, and I think obviously there's some responsibility on me for sure uh, to approach it with wisdom, uh, to make sure that I, I do what I can to manage it well, manage it to the best of my ability, but also to continue doing uh, what I have been doing all along, which is really trusting, trusting God, you know, trusting that God would use me, that God would use it. So that's what's been on my mind. And it's connected just to a, a short story. I was sure that I was reminded of out of, out of my reflecting on what's on my mind and, and I know there may be others like me who feel called to missions, who feel like God is um, inviting them into spaces, but there may be some legitimate, um, some legitimate illness or circumstance that you may have, which could be a real threat to you doing what you really believe that God has called you to. And I think I just want to encourage you, and uh, if God has called you to it, uh, He called you, knowing and being aware of the different limitations and, and situations that you will bring. And in his sovereignty, he has the capacity to either heal you or to use you with it. You mm. know, and we see it in Paul's life, you know, how Paul complained about the thorn, you know, that God refused to move, but God, that didn't stop God from using Paul. So if I can tell the story quickly, when I was about 14 years old, as a result of sickle cells, I developed a, a complication called a vascular necrosis in my left hip, which basically meant that the femur or the, the joint of my left hip was dying. 
and and I wasn't able to put any weight on it because if we put weight, it would deteriorate faster, which meant that I needed to get a like a surgery. So I have three holes drilled into my left hip, hmm. which happened just to just to allow for blood and oxygen to flow again to stop the the, the deterioration. When I was 14, the only thing that I loved was football, was soccer, was sports. <laughs> so I remember when I was diagnosed and the doctor was telling me that I would need to walk with these crutches, etc. One of the first questions that I asked him was when would I be able to play football again? And he said to me, you know, son, like, it's highly possible you will not even walk straight or walk pro- properly again. Like football oh. is completely out of the question. Um, but as a 14-year-old, hard-headed boy at the time, um, when I was supposed to be walking with these crutches and sitting still, I still, my mother told me not to go outside. And I left home and I snuck to the, to the playing field where the guys were playing football. And not my left hip is literally dying. And I am on the field going to play football with a dying left hip when I should not even be walking without crutches, far less running and playing football. And I remember on the first swing, the first time the ball came to me and I swung my right foot, I heard a crack. I knew, I, I heard a crack and I felt a sharp pain. So I knew that the left hip was affected by this vascular necrosis thing. And I knew that I just did something with the right one. When I eventually got back home and my mother saw me, she knew that immediately we needed to go to the hospital because something was wrong. And now I have to I have to tell her that I went play football when I was not even supposed to be outside. And as a result of playing football, I did something. I damaged my right hip even further. So we got to the hospital, they did the x-rays, and they discovered because of the overcompensation on my right hip just to ease the weight on the left. When I swung my uh, right foot, I actually checked, broke the edge of the socket on my right hip. And and I'm on the hospital bed. I'm, I'm in pain, like immense pain. Both hips are killing me. And obviously, this is not the first time my mother um, has been in the hospital with me because of sickle cell associated pain. And I remember uh, while wiggling in this pain that my mother my mother said to me, she said, Dario, and she said this with all the love in her heart. You know, if you, if you understand um, her journey with me as sickle cell, she said, Dario, the sooner you realize that you are not a normal boy and you cannot do what normal children do, the better life would be for you. And, and when she said that to me, in, my initial response was offense. You know, like what 14-year-old boy wants to hear from their mother that they're not normal? You know, I was I was highly offended. And and there was a moment that I thought that I needed to prove to her and prove to the world that I am normal, that I can do what normal people do. <laughs> but eventually those words actually were some of the most liberating words um, that I heard because my mother wasn't saying to me that I couldn't, I couldn't be great or I couldn't do the things that I believe uh, God wanted me to do or, or you know, or pursue and be successful in life. What my mother was really just saying to me is that I can't do it how everybody else does it. I can't achieve it in the same path that other children achieve it. 
And those words actually became transformational for my life, um, whether in business or in ministry, because I began to adopt a posture of life where I acknowledged that I may not be able to get it done how everybody else doing it. And it just triggered for me that I need to be able to find my own path or create my own path to maximize um, just the strength and the skills that I have to be able to do what I believe God has called me to do. And that story came up as I reflected on the role that sickle cells uh, has played in my life and impacting uh, what I believe God has, has called me to do. And just being reminded, you know what, I may not be able to do it to everybody else. Some of you listening to me may have limitations. And just like my mother told me, you know, I say to you, like, you are not normal. And you cannot do it how everybody else is doing, but it doesn't mean that you can't do what God has called you to do. Mm. It just means we have to find the creative ways and design playing fields that we can play on and that maximizes our strengths and causes us to win. So I hope that was encouraging to somebody. And that's what I have been thinking about and a story from my life. Yeah. And it sounds like, honestly, you're still you're still trying to figure out uh, a person that travels, uh, you know, greatly, a person that loves to see the world, but also impact the world, you know, that, that you're still trying to figure out, okay, uh, I have these limitations, but I also have this call. How do they work together? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing. I, it's interesting. We can be together for so many episodes and I did not know all of that story. Uh, we've walked with you as you've um, dealt with some of the pain uh, and some of the effects of having sickle cell, but, but thank you. Thank you for sharing more of your story. It's, it is interesting. Like even as the, as we get to the final episode, how we're finding out not to be like a little bit more and, and Dario as well. Emily, I'm not sure exactly what you've been thinking about or if you want to share a story in our final episode, but uh, I'm going to turn it over to you right now. Yeah, I was thinking I will tell a story. And we have been missionaries for almost 20 years in the Church of the Nazarene. And that has led us through four different countries of service and spending multiple years in each of those countries. And a piece of ethnocentrism that is very hard for me to conquer is uh, medical systems. And um as I have reflected on it, I am a nurse in training. I think that those of you that have been listening to the podcast for all of these years, that might has has, has come out through multiple things that we've talked about in various times. Um, but I think because I'm trained uh, in medicine in the U.S. way of doing things, um, that has been a very difficult piece for me to overcome. And I give that context because I started to realize that this was going to be a piece of my missionary journey when we were in Guatemala. It was our very first assignment and we were still very young. So it was in the beginning of our missionary career. It was probably in 2005 or or 2006, and we deployed in 2004. So we had only been missionaries for a year or two. Uh, The kids were both very, very little, and Scott was on a short-term missions trip with some candidates that wanted to be missionaries um, in the the Mesoamerica region at that point in time um, in Ukraine. And he had been gone for about two and a half uh, weeks already. 
I knew that his trip was coming to an end and I only had a couple of days left and I started to feel like a really severe pain in my left side and I didn't want to go to the hospital. I didn't even want to go to a doctor because I was like, no, I can figure this out. Like it's probably just something I need to wait out. And um, so I did. I just waited. The kids were too little for me to like have to worry about just myself. So I was being like the mom and um, I got to the point where the day before Scott was supposed to come home. So he had already left Ukraine and he had started whatever that um, whirlwind trip is. He probably was traveling for about 20 to 24 hours uh, to get all the way home. And it was the night before he was actually supposed to be home and the pain had gotten very intense. And uh, I had noticed that I had started to have some bleeding a little bit when I would urinate. And and I was like, I just need to wait till Scott gets home. Like, it'll be better if Scott gets home. And uh, But by that morning, he still wasn't home yet. And I knew that I could not wait to go to the hospital. And so I called up a friend who was another missionary there with me. And I told her, I said, I've been experiencing an extreme amount of pain for about three or four days and this morning like I just can't tolerate it anymore I need to go to the hospital and she was like sure I can take you to the hospital another missionary and so as I walked into the emergency room I immediately felt all of my, again, ethnocentric ways, you know, like coming up on me. Like I started judging everything about the it, the ways that they were bringing me into the room, the way that they were treating me, the way that the nurses were doing their job. You know, I just started thinking, this is not that it's so much better in the United States. It's so much better in the United States. And um, I remember sitting in the bed and eventually I, I received a diagnosis of having a kidney stone and it was a very large kidney stone. And they were very surprised that I was able to um, put up with the pain that it had caused as long as I had. And to make a, a relatively long story pretty short, um, I ended up spending about five days in the hospital. I had a surgical procedure to remove it. Um, they had to continually do some checkups with me. And I think at that moment in time, like God was giving me like this really big, like, we're just going to pop you right into like an intense a medical situation so that you can realize other countries have different ways of doing things, but you can still get your medical care taken care of. <laughs> like you don't have to judge everything all the time. You don't have to um, be constantly thinking, oh, they do it wrong or they do it differently. And so um, when I think back on that story... I just think about how God's really um, transformed that piece of me, uh, even in missions. And I think there's things that when we think of ethnocentrism, um, we don't think about some of those things, you know, and, and even there's pieces that we might deal with with language or with food. But even medical systems can be things that we have to kind of give over to God in our missionary experience. And um, so, yeah, I just wanted to kind of leave that story that even after 20 years, God continues to um, work on that. It's not near as bad as it used to be. Um, I do a lot more things here in the Dominican Republic than I ever did in some of the other spaces. Um, but yeah, that's something that I think that sometimes we don't hear about those pieces of missionary living that finding a good mechanic or your like the services that you need, right? Um, you have to get past some ethnocentric ways of thinking my culture does it the best and you have to start leaning into the way another culture does it. Side note, I came home from that trip and I was expecting her to be at the airport. Oh, I was excited to hug and kiss her and we tell her all about the trip 
it was another missionary who was there. His name was Ramon Sierra. <laughs> I love Ramon Sierra. If you're listening to this, Ramon Sierra, but you are not my wife. <laughs> Nor did you want a hug and a kiss yeah, from Ramon yeah. Sierra. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I came out of the airport and I was like, wait a second, this isn't what it, how it was supposed to be. But uh, yes, I'm glad you did get good care. It was different yes. care, but uh, but you got good care. That's right. Um, I'm just going to share uh, very briefly one thing, and, and and I have to ask you the question first of all, each of you. So I'm going to go to Dario first. Dario, can you name maybe two or three of, of or may, even try try a few more countries that you think are in the top five or top 10 in population in, uh, and you don't have to go in order or anything, but in the world, uh, top population okay. countries in the world. A- any come to mind? I will go India. Okay. China. India, India and China are number one and two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then I will probably go Nigeria. Nice. A lot of people don't think of that. That's number seven. Okay. And and do I one more, and then I'm going to go to the go to these other two here. <laughs> the last one I would think of as rates of population. Top populations in the I world. Blank. We have number one, two, and seven. Go ahead. Don't. The U.S. is okay. The US okay, is. U.S. is number three. I was surprised at that too. U.S. is number three. So, yeah. Natalie, any other? Can you have one or one more that comes to mind in well, the top ten? Actually, I was thinking about China and India. So China and India, yeah, yeah. Those are the the well known ones. Yep. Yeah. Number four is is Russia in there? Russia, Russia is number nine. Is Brazil in there? Brazil is number six. Good job. I'm trying to think of those were the Good two job. that came to my mind that Dario didn't say. Yeah. So Indonesia, a lot of oh. people don't don't think of Indonesia, but that's I think Indonesia is hard I because it's like just this Indonesia. collection of all these islands. It's hard to know how many yeah. people are there. <laughs> in, 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 Indonesia, Pakistan, number five. Pakistan. Pakistan. Oh yeah. Well, it's right there next to India, so that's not surprising. And Bangladesh. The, the other two. The other two. Bangladesh is oh. number eight. And Mexico. Mexico. I was gonna say Mexico, but I thought well, is I number know. ten. Is number ten. So the reason I'm bringing this actually isn't just for a quiz, um, <laughs> but literally as this episode is coming out, it's kind of funny to say that. But there's they're saying in late July and early or mid August, the number one and number two will change. Mm-hmm. So China for years and decades has been number one, but India now, literally as you are hearing this, probably has already passed mm-hmm. China in population. Both are growing, but India is growing almost three times as much uh, yeah. as as China right now. Um, and so uh, that is intriguing to me. And uh, a few episodes ago, we talked even about creative access. We didn't name any countries, but uh, I can say out of the top 10, there are several of those countries that are, you have to be pretty creative uh, to be a missionary there. Um, the, the, our, our Christian workers there and, and Christians that are there uh, are sometimes persecuted in many of these countries. And so um, I just wanted to kind of bring that to say, literally, as we are kind of closing this chapter on the worthless servants, our world is changing. And even as we are changing, we've hoped that this podcast would would kind of be a place where we're able to talk about some of those changes and talk about uh, how, how the world and the church um, is or needs to be changing. So mm. so wanted to just kind of kind of bring that here to you all. I think that is it. And um, this has been a time for us to just share what God is doing on our hearts. And for 165 different episodes, we have been bringing you topics regarding culture, missions, and healthy church. 
and God has taught us many things. We are not in the same place that we were in 2017 when we started this, uh, but I'm glad about that. I'm glad about that. And I want to say thank you to uh, each one of you. Thank you again to communications team. Thank you for being a part of the cast. Thank you in the past to people like Freya and AJ and Chelsea Fry that have been a part of all this time. And uh, thank you finally to all of our faithful, worthless servants, our followers, our listeners. Uh, go ahead and use social media. Emily, how can they, one more last time, how can they find us? And how can they maybe share a story or your favorite episode or something they learned or enjoyed about the podcast? Um, how can they get a hold of us? Yeah, it might be your last time to use that Facebook page. <laughs> find the Facebook page, the Worthless Servants Podcast. It will not be your last time to find MesoamericaGenesis.org. We will continue to maintain that website and we will continue to keep all of the episodes posted right there on that website. So you'll always be able to find the episodes on the website. Awesome. Don't unsubscribe from this feed on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or wherever you are getting your podcasts. Uh, we will come back with an announcement on what the podcast will be looking like. Yes. If, and I would say if you're using a podcast app, you might see that it shows it like my podcast app, it puts a little moon on there. Like when things go inactive, if you haven't had anything in the feed for a while, even if you see a little moon on there, <laughs> don't delete us because something will pop up there again. Yes, so just yes. keep it on there. And one day you're going to be really surprised when we pop back into your feed. Yeah. So it'll look different, uh, but we'll be back in some capacity in several months from now. And so for the last time for a while, we are the Worthless Servants and I'm Scott Armstrong. I'm Nara Franco. I'm Emily Armstrong. And I'm Mario Richards. And we will, I, by faith believing, <laughs> we will talk with you next time. Have a good one, guys. For more information, visit us on Facebook or at MesoAmericaGenesis.org.